Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning, bright and early at 6. Welcome aboard for our first look at Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour. Our coronavirus still spreading more in one minute. Coronavirus, if this gets bad, how much freedom are you willing to give up to stop it? One of the things we'll talk about together on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The director of the CDC says the number of coronavirus cases continues to grow. It's now more than 750 in the United States. Cases have been reported in at least 35 states and the District of Columbia. Here in Florida, the Department of Health is reporting 13 positive cases. The death toll remains at two. As the fight against the spread of COVID-19 intensified yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a state of emergency declaration. That allows us to create a unified command structure. Um, It also allows, if need be, out-of-state medical personnel to operate in Florida. It allows us to more swiftly purchase any necessary supplies, including masks and materials and equipment necessary to set up field hospitals. DeSantis urged older Floridians who are most at risk not to get on a cruise ship or take a long flight and to practice self-isolation if necessary. Five members of the Florida House and a legislative staff member have agreed to self-quarantine after attending events in Washington, D.C. last month that were also attended by people who've tested positive for the coronavirus. The announcement from Speaker Jose Oliva halted a House session in Tallahassee. Public galleries were cleared out and maintenance crews wiped down desks and sanitized the chamber. Others self-quarantining after contact with a coronavirus patient are Panhandle Congressman Matt Gates and newly named White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. At the White House last night, President Trump said he'll push for economic relief for workers over the coronavirus. We are going to be asking tomorrow, we're seeing the Senate, we're going to be meeting with uh, House Republicans, Mitch McConnell, everybody, and discussing a possible payroll tax Uh, cut or relief. And Trump said he'll be talking to lawmakers about other measures for helping hourly workers. His announcement comes as Wall Street notched its worst day in over a decade, losing more than 2,000 points. And we'll have more on that from Gina Cervetti in the Bloomberg Business Report at around 635. In our 7 o'clock hour, our financial expert Joel Garris on the stock plunge and where we are headed from here, whether or not he sees a bottom in the markets or not. And in a few moments... More from the president. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Troopers are filing charges against the driver accused of causing a crash in central Florida that killed four members of a Massachusetts family. 
The FHP says Lucas Dos Reyes Lorindo rammed his pickup into a van on State Road 429 near Walt Disney World, killing four members of the Smith family, spanning three generations. The 26-year-old was given a ticket for careless driving and it was taken into custody by federal agents on a visa violation. According to the FHP, careless driving was the strongest charge they could file against him. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. I guess they know the law better than we do, the yeah. troopers, but boy, I got to tell you, that's a shocker that that's all they could hit this guy with. Four people are dead, and he's the reason. Incredible. A murder suspect is dead after an apparent suicide in Seminole County. Oviedo police say he was found dead yesterday of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in an apartment on Katie Jean Way. The unidentified man was wanted for shooting two people the day before in Maitland after breaking into a home on Bobtail Drive. One of the victims died, the others in critical but stable condition. The Magic wrap up their road trip tonight in Memphis. Orlando's won two in a row. WFLA News time is 6.05. Another huge music event is in jeopardy over coronavirus concerns. California's Coachella Festival could be delayed until October. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Great to be back with you here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks to Yaffe for hosting yesterday while I was away. Alongside my co-host Alan Spector, it's the Bud Man and Yaffe's our executive producer and Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox will be the first friendly voice you hear when you want to get on the 50,000-watt front porch to talk. Lots of coronavirus news. We got some uh, Democrat primary news and a couple of new polls which show where this race may be very quickly headed. We'll talk about it all in the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to bring back infectious disease specialist from South Florida, Dr. Chad Sanborn, did a great job on an interview about coronavirus uh, that we conducted together here, Alan. He's coming back yeah. on the 8 o'clock hour. I look forward to that. Yeah, we certainly do. And uh, in a moment, I'll tell you what we're going to get to here. At the Coronavirus Task Force briefing at the White House yesterday, Vice President Pence said they would be posting advice from the government on how to deal with the coronavirus in your home, in your business, at your kid's school. They said they'd post it at coronavirus.gov, I don't see it there, but I've got the information, and I'll share it here in just a moment. After an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando, it is 6.07. Coronavirus headlines right now, and under the heading of how much freedom are you willing to give up if this gets bad in the States, and it is definitely getting somewhat worse. Anyone over the age of 60 now being urged by the CDC to stock up on food and stay home. Older people are one of the groups most at risk for complications from coronavirus. The CDC says the virus is capable of spreading easily. And while it is slowing in China where it began, it is picking up speed right here in the U.S. With more than 700 cases now and more than two dozen deaths. In Florida, officials report 13 positive cases the death toll here remaining at two. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. 
Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. 107.7 HD3. AM 540. And the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. So I was watching when President Trump showed up for a while at the coronavirus uh, task force news conference last night during the dinner hour. And um, today he's going to be outlining plans for government assistance in very specific ways to areas of the economy hardest hit by the coronavirus. Here is the president. We are going to take care of and have been taking care of the American public and uh, the American economy. We are going to be asking tomorrow, we're seeing the Senate, we're going to be meeting with uh, House Republicans, Mitch McConnell, everybody, and discussing a possible payroll tax uh, cut or relief, substantial relief, very substantial relief. That's a big, that's a big number. Uh, we're also going to be talking about hourly wage earners getting uh, help so that they can uh, be in a position where... They're not going to ever miss a paycheck. We're going to be working with uh, companies and small companies, large companies, a lot of companies, so that they don't uh, get penalized for something that's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not our country's fault. Uh, this was something that we were thrown into, and we're going to handle it, and we have been handling it very well. Also, we're going to be seeing uh, Small Business Administration and uh, creating loans for small businesses. We're also working with the industries, including the airline industry, the uh, cruise ship industry, which obviously will be hit. We're also talking to the hotel industry. In some places, actually, will do well. In some places, probably won't do well at all. But we're working also with the hotel industry. And uh, that from the president uh, during the uh, task force uh, news conference yesterday. By the way, Vice President Pence, who chairs the coronavirus task force, um, was talking about the the website coronavirus.gov. There's a lot of information there. Um, I'll I'll get to more on that in a moment. Secretary of State Steve Mnuchin was there. He says the U.S. economy uh, remains fundamentally sound. They're going to have to make some adjustments uh, in order to get us through this over the course of the next couple of months. And um, here is the battle cry on all of this with coronavirus from Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's Trump's, uh, uh, who's on the, the coronavirus task force, recognizes America's top expert on infectious diseases. Here, some of his advice, Dr. Fauci, and some warnings on the coronavirus for you. The ones who get in trouble at a high rate are people with underlying conditions, heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease, diabetes, particularly the elderly. If you fall into that category, you shouldn't wait for anything. You should be doing what some people are calling social distancing, what really means stay out of crowds, don't do travel, above all, don't go near a cruise ship. So that's Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, That's from the Trump administration, okay? Now, my question to you is... How much freedom are you willing to give up if this gets really bad in the United States? They have locked down the entire nation of Italy, which has the second worst coronavirus outbreak behind China, where it all began. There, except for serious work travel necessity, you can be fined, you can be put in jail for violating their imposed restrictions 
on where you can and cannot go. I can't imagine how in this society where we love freedom, it's almost like we invented it, we celebrate it, how much freedom we'd be willing to give up. I would have asked that question before 9-11. The idea that I, I couldn't walk to the gate with my relatives at the airport, the idea that I had to be, you know, photographed naked essentially in one of these machines that I had to take off my shoes and all you go through with TSA that was created there, I can't I couldn't have imagined I'd be willing to give up those freedoms and be under those restrictions. But you know what? We all embraced it, and now it's a part of life. And, of course, that's a long-term proposition. Hopefully, coronavirus is not. But the threat of radical Islamic terrorism is always out there. And I don't know that anybody wants to go back to airports that are not secure and airplanes that are not secure. So the question is, are you willing to give up freedom? If, if so, how much? They're asking you to do that right now. Your government, this is not a plot by the Democrats to take down Trump. Oh, they, they hope this issue, coronavirus, will do that. They'd love to see him get it. A lot of them would like to see him die from it, okay? By the way, he hasn't been tested for it, the president now, uh, we know from last night. But at any rate, um, this is not a plot by the Democrats. This is a worldwide uh, infection. And look at what they've done in Italy. That's not a communist country. Look at the freedoms that are being given up over there. If it comes to that, how are you going to react? By the way, I have these guidelines from the government that are supposed to be on the coronavirus.gov website about how to stay safe from the virus in your home, at work, and in your kid's school. And I will share what is there here in a moment. Headlining this Trump tweet on the um, coronavirus versus the flu, he tweeted, So last year, 37,000 Americans died from the common flu. It averages between 27,000 and 70,000 per year. Nothing is shut down. Life and the economy go on. At this moment, there are 546 confirmed cases of the coronavirus in the U.S. with 22 deaths. Think about that, the president tweeted. Since then, numbers have gone up to about 750 confirmed cases, 26 deaths nationwide. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. President's point is well taken. Of course, we don't have a vaccine for the uh, coronavirus, and it seems to be more contagious than the flu with a higher kill rate. And, and that's generating a lot of this worldwide, you know, uncertainty and fear and draconian measures being taken in one country after another. China and Italy come to mind. And now the recommendations here, um, you know, to not get on cruise ships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a good friend of mine I really respect in the medical field uh, wrote to me, and frustration over all of this reaction and says, this is not viral Armageddon. The level of panic is inappropriate. And I wrote back and I said, so how do you stop it? Is it wrong or is, uh, or, or is it irresponsible or is it responsible for Trump's State Department and the top CDC doctors to advise people to avoid cruise ships, confined spaces like air 
planes and large gatherings like sporting events. Is it wrong or inappropriate for a family up north that has saved for years for their dream family trip to Disney to say, we don't have to go to Disney right now. We'll delay the trip. We take the economic hit when that's multiplied by the thousands. But I can't judge them negatively. It is their family, their health, their money. And I said to this person in the medical field, what would you tell your older patients with health challenges? If you advise them not to take a cruise right now, you contribute to the economic slide, particularly in that industry. So would you withhold the advice? Of course you wouldn't. That would probably be malpractice, it seems to me. And I concluded by saying what's undeniably true. These are complicated issues with many facets and a lot of unknowns still today. Yeah, and uh, it calls into question uh, your your daily behaviors, uh, things you would normally not even give a second thought to. For instance, I've mentioned that I'm going to a baseball game in Tampa this Sunday. Yeah, Got spring a pair, training, Yanks. Pair of tickets. My son and I are planning to go, and but still in the back of my mind, you know, coronavirus. But you made the decision. You're going to roll a dice and go because you want to see the game and have a good time and keep living your life. Exactly. Yeah, when you talk about how much freedom are we willing to give up, I think we're willing to give it up for a time. It depends how long, you know, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't think they know the answer to that because Italy has the whole country on lockdown, but eventually they're going to have to open it up again. You can't keep it on lockdown forever. I think what happens when you open it back up and it just starts to spread again? Apparently they had some prison riots in Italy and I think six people were killed. Uh, the inmates were getting upset that they were they felt they're being contained in a place that might have coronavirus. And you can become one of them if you violate the restrictions under the lockdown over yeah. there. Find and imprisoned. Melissa, what about it? Um, I spent the whole weekend at Walmart watching people uh, scrap over bleach and toilet paper and oatmeal. So at this point, I'm I'm just so in disbelief at the behavior of a lot of folks out there. Old people taking all those things off the shelves and not wanting to share one thing of hand sanitizer with me. It was a bad day yesterday. But having said that, do you resent the Trump administration's top doctors saying... Don't get on a cruise ship. Do you, is that wrong or is that responsible or irresponsible? I think it hurts our industries here in Central Florida, but I do think it's responsible because, frankly, I wouldn't get on one of those Petri dishes even when there wasn't a virus scare. And, you know, the guy who's telling us not to go on those cruise ships specifically is Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, who's on the coronavirus task force yep. and is probably the leading expert on these types of diseases in the country. And when he says something, I think you need to listen to it. I think you do. He also sounds kind of sick. Well, he's 79 years old, and he's uh, burned out from doing all the talk shows yeah. over the weekend. He yeah. addressed that on one of the shows. Yeah, he asked my about voice it. is shot from doing all the interviews. <laughs> it's like I've yeah. been talking so much. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. You don't reference that, and you just you know hear the clip from him. You're like, oh, my God, he's dying. But no, it's because he's been talk talking so much. Yeah. Tell you what, we're going to get to the text line input on the questions on the table coronavirus um, uh, related. The good news about the, the text line, of course, is things there will keep and um we've got gina cervetti with a bloomberg business report coming up in the seven o'clock hour joel garris nelson financial planning on the stock market uh plunge etc so much coronavirus news and other news and here's alan with it yeah but another coronavirus case in volusia county and it's a mini super tuesday for the democrats 
those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 629 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, Tuesday edition, bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. My co-host, Alan Spector, with the news. Let's put the spotlight on the coronavirus here in Central Florida. What's the latest you have on that, Alan? Well, there is a second coronavirus case in Volusia County, bud. The Florida Department of Health announcing last night that a 60-year-old woman has tested positive for COVID-19 and is in isolation. She recently traveled outside the U.S., but there's no word on where A 66-year-old woman was the first in Volusia to test positive for the coronavirus, and she also is in isolation. It didn't take long for quarantined passengers on a California cruise ship to fight back. Mark Mayfield reports a Florida couple is suing. The ship finally docked on Monday, and already a Florida couple has filed a lawsuit against Princess Cruise Lines. They accused the company of not screening properly to reduce the risk of exposure. They boarded on February the 21st and say they were only asked to fill out a form confirming they weren't sick. They are now demanding more than $1 million, citing emotional distress and trauma. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Another round of primaries is on top tap today. Voters will be casting ballots in Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Washington, and Idaho. North Dakota will hold Democratic caucuses. The race has come down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, although Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard is continuing her long-shot campaign. Is Sanders seeking the support of former presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren? That question came up at a Fox News town hall in Dearborn, Michigan last night. Elizabeth and I talk. We have talked for 20 years. We talk on a regular basis. So How's that for a political yes. answer? Okay. Did you ask her for her support? We talk on a regular basis. Warren suspended her campaign after Super Tuesday last week. In Tallahassee, the state house is overwhelmingly approving a plan that would expand school vouchers in Florida. The bill could lead to nearly 29,000 more students receiving vouchers next year through the state's Family Empowerment Scholarship Program. Orlando Democrat Anna Escamani opposes the bill. It's quite problematic for us to continue to expand the voucher structure when we have left behind traditional public schools for far too long. The measure will now go to the Senate where a similar bill has been approved by committees. California apparently is the place to live if you want to be happy. That's according to a new study from WalletHub. It put together the top 20 happiest cities in America based on factors including rates of depression and income growth. Three California cities made the top five, including Fremont at number one, San Jose at number three, Irvine at number four, Plano, Texas came in second, and Madison, Wisconsin was number five. Only one Florida city made the top 20 happiest cities list, and just barely, Cape Coral came in at number 20. I don't know about those wallet hub folks. I don't know what's going on with them. California, the happiest. I know people who live out there, they're all miserable. WFLA, that's all we need to know. (laughs) Bud Hub. There it is, Bud Hub. WFLA News Time is 636. You don't have to miss anything on Good Morning Orlando. Get caught up with our podcast on the iHeartRadio app. And our first hour continues, Bud, with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. I'm almost afraid to ask her how the futures look this morning, but that's where we need to begin. Gina, welcome in from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Please tell us today is going to be a better day than yesterday. 
Well, I can tell you that right now it looks that way, bud. We've Good. got those, yeah, uh, yesterday was a bad day for a lot of people. But we've got the Dow futures up more than 1,000 points this morning. Now, we should point out that the Dow yesterday, the actual index, lost just over 2,000 points, and that was the single worst point day decline for the Dow. Across the board, we had the market down about 8%. We had this massive oil route after a price war was started between Saudi Arabia and Russia. That sent crude down about 25% yesterday. And of course, all of this is on top of the fears over the potential economic fallout from the spreading coronavirus. Now, President Donald Trump says the White House will discuss a possible payroll tax cut for one thing in order to respond to what's going on. He said to watch for a major economic announcement or announcement today. So we'll be keeping our eyes on that. Crude oil this morning is up almost 9%. It's just under $34 a barrel. And once again, those stock futures pointing to a nice bounce higher at the open. Is that because they, they're feeling good about what the president may have planned to deal with this? Does that explain yes, it or is yes. it more complicated than that? No, I think, I think that's a, a big part of it this morning. They want to see something done that's really going to get to the uh, heart of here of what's going on. And uh, if we see some stimulus measures taken by the White House, that certainly has the uh, potential to kick things into a better gear. Let's also talk about the consumer's role and everything that's going on economically vis-a-vis -vis the coronavirus here and certain industries to watch engage how consumers are responding. Yeah, there are some industries to watch for where we might see some pullback from the consumer popping up first. Uh, number one, retail sales is an area, of course. The movie box office, and so far not seeing any evidence of it impacting that. Same goes for retail sales. Broadway ticket sales, we understand that the most popular shows are still doing well. But another place, of course, is hotels. And there's a data tracker called STR, which says that international airports market hubs like Chicago, New York, and San Francisco have been reporting occupancy declines, but other markets like Orlando are still holding up somewhat better. Orlando saw a 6% jump in room occupancies at the end of February from the year before. Well, that's good news to hear locally for sure. This is an interesting headline from Gina. I don't know about you, but I've I've never found banks to be very compassionate when things aren't going well for me. Apparently, banks are being urged to be exactly that, to go easy on consumers who are having economic stress related to the coronavirus, Gina. Well, yes, to have some understanding, the Fed and other financial regulators are urging our banks to work with any customers that may be impacted negatively by the coronavirus. Uh, Democrats are asking regulators to make sure that consumer credit scores would not suffer because of coronavirus disruptions. And they're also asking banks to modify terms on existing loans if it reaches that point. And before we go, and I think before you came on the line with us, Gina, Melissa was saying she saw people going nuts at Walmart this weekend and, you know, hoarding all kinds of things. And uh, some retailers are clamping down on that practice with shoppers, aren't they? Yes, I have sort of an anecdotal uh, response to this myself, but my husband went into a popular grocery store near our house, and the entire stock of toilet paper was gone, if you can believe that. It was back the next day, but for that day, completely out. Wow. And, yeah, and you've probably heard there's been a run on things like hand sanitizer and disinfecting wipes. Well, mm -hmm. now we have 
Target and the big grocery chain Kroger limiting how many of these types of items someone can buy in one visit per person. So Target is going to limit people to six items per person. Kroger's limit is five items. I wouldn't be surprised to hear other retailers following suit because, again, some of them are reporting that their aisles are being cleaned out of items as people hoard some of this stuff. And just for folks who tuned in in the middle of the uh, report here, we had the uh, Dow down about 2,000 points yesterday, uh, and the futures are indicating about half of that may come back early on this morning. Is that about right? That's actually absolutely correct, Bud. We're seeing the Dow futures up more than 1,000 points. We've got those NASDAQ futures up 355, and the S&P futures are up 121. All of these gains are more than 4%. So certainly looks like a bounce higher at the opening bell. Sure, great having you with us as always. Whether the news is good or not, um, you give us so much we need to know. Gina Cervetti every morning at 635. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. Have a good day. You too, bud. Thanks. You bet. In a half an hour, we're going to bring on our go-to guy on financial matters, the CEO of Nelson Financial Planning, Joel Garris, to talk about what happened in the stock market yesterday, whether he sees a bottom, and what advice he would give to you as he gives to his clients. It's 30 minutes away. Oh, I have what um, Mike Pence promised us last night when there was a news briefing from the coronavirus task force he chairs. What the government is recommending to keep schools, homes, and businesses like yours safe during the coronavirus outbreak. I'll give you what they're telling us, and we will also talk about the next version of Super Tuesday for the Democrats, and is a Biden blowout in the works? It appears so. All ahead, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. A look at headlines for you right now. President Trump is not planning to get tested for coronavirus, despite being around two congressmen who were exposed to someone who was infected. The White House confirms the president fully expects to continue campaign rallies and will be in Las Vegas this weekend for a gathering of Jewish Republicans. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. So what happened to you, Fox, in Dollar General, and what did you see at Walmart? Quickly. Okay, first of all, Dollar General, there was uh, an elderly woman, I, I want to say in her 90s with a walker, just piling all of the hand sanitizer and everything off the shelf. And I said, could I just get one? And she looked at me with this venomous and said, no, you cannot. I was here first. And then hobbled off with her little stuff. Holy smokes. At Walmart, there was, uh, well, they have, you know how they have the greeters at the front? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You come in, you get your cart, you pull the little uh, sanitizer wipe, and you wipe it off, and you go about your business. Well, people were getting so crazy pulling eight, nine, ten sheets of the sanitizer, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, that they stopped. They stopped uh, giving them out. They said, you know what's going to happen here? We're going to put a greeter at the door with a can of uh, disinfectant spray and a paper towel, and we're going to spray your cart for you and hand you a paper towel, and you're on your own. Oh, jeez, they can't even trust us. Well, no, but I mean, I mean it's, it's incredible wipes. how selfish and self-absorbed people get. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter whether anyone else has what they need. Yeah, that's that's uh, first world problems. That's Tragic. how we get.
Yeah, and I just want to tell you guys, settle down, okay? Yes. <laughs> she, this lady was crazy. She was taking. And think the, of the other guy for God's the sake. Isopropyl for once. alcohol. I'm making my own. I've got. I was like, whoa, okay. Just Gee, you know, step back here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the government has put out some recommendations um, supposed to have been posted at coronavirus.gov, the government's website on all things related to the coronavirus outbreak here. Um, I don't see it, but in the middle of the night, the New York Times put out a piece on exactly what the recommendations are to uh, maximize safety at home, in the workplace, and and at school. And I'll give you what I've got here in just a moment. And boy, a stunning new poll. And if they are right on this poll, this is going to be a really bad night for Bernie Sanders in the Democrat race for the nomination. A Biden blowout appears to be in the works. Stay tuned. We'll tell you all about it after we have a quick update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic in only two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Local headlines for you right now. A murder suspect is dead after an apparent suicide in Seminole County. Oviedo police say he was found dead yesterday of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in an apartment on Katie Jean Way. The unidentified man was wanted for shooting two people the day before in Maitland after breaking into a home on Bobtail Drive. One of those victims died and the other in critical but stable condition. Stay tuned for updates at least every 10 minutes in the Tom Stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play WFLA Orlando. So I think most of us have a natural aversion to the government telling us what to do. So maybe some of this won't set well. But um, here is what has come down from the Coronavirus Task Force chaired by Vice President Mike Pence. And uh, they were to post this at coronavirus.gov, the website for such things. I didn't see it. Uh, they promised it last night. The New York Times claims they got a hold of um, a copy of it. And here's what they put in their article that came down in the middle of the night, and I grabbed it for you. So here we go. How? Uh, let's talk about, you know, the office. Let's talk about uh, business in general. Stay home if you or family members who live with you are sick. Avoid shaking hands. Non-contact methods of greeting are preferable. Instead of in-person meetings, the guidelines suggest teleconferencing. If meetings are held in person, they should be in an open, well-ventilated room. Open windows will help. That'll work really well in Chicago this time of year. I just thought, but at any rate, um, how to protect a business? Businesses should limit attendance at large gatherings and use online transactions for events. If that is followed through en masse, the convention business already damaged in Central Florida collapses overnight, and with it, a good chunk of our economy, just saying. Businesses should promote tap-and-pay machines that cut down on the use of cash because cash is a notorious germ-carrying material. And drivers for ride-sharing services and taxis should keep their windows open and regularly disinfect surfaces. Government recommendations on your home and how to divide it up. Listen to this. Divvy up your home to account for the elderly or those who, with underlying conditions that make them particularly susceptible to infection. Make a protected space for those at risk and give the sick their own rooms where the door should be kept closed. Only one person should care for the ill. It's interesting. Some of these things I, I, I guess I never would have thought of before. 
So this is useful. Healthy people in your home should act as if they could be a risk to the vulnerable, washing their hands frequently before interacting with them. And how to keep a school safe. The government recommendations as follows. Schools should avoid mixing ages and consider adjusting or postponing in-school or extracurricular gatherings that intermingle classes and grades. Not sure what that's all about. Classes should be held outdoors if possible or anywhere well ventilated. Students should limit food sharing and cafeteria workers should practice strict hygiene. Schools should screen cafeteria workers and those they come in contact with. Why should schools avoid mixing ages and intermingling classes and grades? I don't get that. Young people in general do well if they get the coronavirus. It's the older people who get slammed by it. What do you think of those recommendations? Coronavirus.gov is where that's supposed to be now. I mean, it sounds like a a lot of common sense, honestly. Other than the last thing, I actually am a little confused on that last thing as well, mixing ages and stuff, I don't really yeah, it doesn't make sense get what the purpose of. I wish they would have explained I that I mean, a the younger better. kids sometimes can walk around a little snot-faced. Maybe that. I, I Again, I got nothing. <laughs> they do tend to do that. <laughs> but here's my thing. When did we, as a, as a country, forget how to wash our hands properly? I mean, I all know. of a sudden we have to be told well, how to wash our hands. Well, kids in particular wash their hands strictly with water, and it takes three seconds. Mom, I wash my hands. Yeah, I mean, yeah, give me a break. Any yeah. good parents going to check fingers and such and 20 seconds back. soap and water. Yep. Somebody told me in the station this morning, Man. and remember your thumbs. People forget their thumbs. I've never really thought that they do. But uh, Remember you know. your thumbs? All right. Yeah, okay. Now, we know kids may take three seconds to wash their hands, but... Come on, adults, are they spend, have they been spending 20 seconds washing up and washing up their arm, which is recommended as well, going up, you know, beyond the wrist? Probably not. Yeah. Not most of them. So Everyone's people, in a hurry, you know. So, Melissa, people need to be reminded about this because they have not been doing it. <sighs> you dirty people. In the middle of all of this, we got presidential politics, six states in the uh, primaries tonight. President's got sewed things up on the Republican side. The Democrats, it's down to two people. And Joe Biden uh, is way ahead in the polls in the big state tonight, Michigan. Uh, 24-point lead in the latest free press poll, 51-27 to 27 over Bernie Sanders. And it looks like he's ahead in a lot of the other states. And um, and he's ahead in Florida, which is has the primary next week. I mean, it looks like it's over for Bernie Sanders. The Democrats are desperate because they feel like Bernie's the Titanic, that, you know, people are not going to vote for a socialist in a general election against Trump, and he won't be able to beat Trump, which is all the Democrats really care about. And they defaulted to Joe Biden. Shaky, sleepy, on the way to senility, Joe Biden. It looks like he's going to be all of a sudden almost impossible to beat for the Democrat nomination, which I think if you're a Republican pro-Trump is actually really great news. Either one of these guys should be eminently beatable, but coronavirus remains a wild card as it relates to the economy, and we've talked about that. Well, not only the economy, but just how Trump responds to it in general. You know, if people feel like he did a good job responding to it, um, they'll be more inclined to vote for him, but they feel like he really messed this up even beyond the economy. Yeah. He could be in trouble. Because people vote on their wallets and their pocketbooks the economy is strong, president should be unbeatable completely. I think there is if some... If it goes con- in the dumper, yeah, Alan, he, I mean, seriously, could be vulnerable. There's no doubt about that. And I think there's some concern that there's been mixed messages uh, coming from the White House and the uh, coronavirus experts 
as to what exactly is going on and what we should be doing and uh, what the fear factor is. Yeah, I think the president and, and his people are beginning to get a little bit better aligned. I felt hopeful in that regard last night at the um, at the briefing. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Tuesday morning at 7 as we update once again Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, coronavirus numbers still rising in Florida more in one minute. The virus tanks the stock market like we've never seen. What lies ahead? Joel Garris from Nelson Financial Planning Services looks at it all in a live interview coming right up on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The Florida Department of Health is announcing a new positive case of coronavirus this morning. The patient is a 69-year-old woman in Broward County. She is in isolation. The state of Florida has now identified 15 coronavirus patients, two of whom have died. Governor Ron DeSantis is updating the state's response to the coronavirus outbreak. The governor says the vast majority of Floridians will not face serious health complications. However, it's pretty clear that as people get older, and particularly those people that have a serious underlying medical condition, you know, those are the people who are the most at risk to have serious negative consequences from this virus, including um, uh, death. DeSantis is issuing a state of emergency declaration to better coordinate the state's response to the coronavirus. Meanwhile, the health department is issuing new guidelines for people who may have been exposed to coronavirus. More on that from Rory O'Neill in our newsroom. Under the new policy, anyone who traveled internationally to any location is being urged to self-isolate, that is, stay home for 14 days following their return. More specifically, anyone who traveled on a cruise of Egypt's Nile River during the month of February should also spend 14 days in isolation after their return. While the number of confirmed coronavirus cases in Florida is relatively low for now, it is expected to spike once more test kits are deployed across the state. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. And at the White House last night, Vice President Mike Pence said communities across the nation will receive new guidance on how to deal with coronavirus. We directed our team to come up with helpful recommendations for every American, every American family, every American business and school. Pence confirmed another 4 million testing kits are also being shipped out. Yeah, we shared that information, which was supposed to be on the website coronavirus.gov last night. But we don't see it there, but we had it last hour. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. State troopers are giving the man accused of causing a crash that killed four members of a Massachusetts family a ticket for careless driving. 26-year-old Lucas Dos Reyes Lorindo allegedly rammed his pickup into a van on State Road 429 near Walt Disney World, killing four members of the Smith family. According to the FHP, careless driving was the strongest charge that could be filed against him. Boy, that's a hard one to swallow, isn't it, Alan? Uh, yeah. With four dead. It really is. Stunning. 
A man shot by a police officer in Osceola County is charged with attempted murder. St. Cloud Police announcing yesterday they arrested John Escobar for an incident last week at the home of an off-duty Orlando police officer. The 31-year-old Escobar allegedly tried to force his way into the officer's home after being asked to leave, and the officer claims he returned fire after Escobar shot at him. An effort to allow Florida college athletes to make off-the-field money is approved by the state Senate and awaits House action. We send a very clear message to the NCAA, the SEC, the Big Ten, all these organizations that uh, we're serious uh, about doing the right thing when it comes to our student-athletes. Senator Rob Bradley, the bill would prohibit colleges and universities from putting restrictions on athletes earning outside compensation or receiving professional representation. WFLA News Time is 7.07. An alleged shoplifter is hit by a car while running from the store. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart Radio station. Tuesday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Great to be back with you. The Bud Man, Alan, Yaffe, and the Fox here until 9 o'clock. And we're moments away from being joined live by our go-to guy on financial and investment matters, Joel Garris, CEO of Nelson Financial Planning. I mean, stocks just tanked like we've never seen in a single day before yesterday. Uh, what happened and why and what likely lies ahead um, Joel Garris is next right here on Good Morning Orlando. He just popped on the line, and we can't wait to talk with him. It's coming right up, Alan. After an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando, it is 7.08. Coronavirus status check right now. Um, the virus continues to spread across the U.S., nearly 750 cases now, more than two dozen deaths nationally. Here in Florida, officials report 13 positive cases, and the death toll remains at two. Of course, coronavirus has shaken the markets worldwide, and yesterday the Dow had its greatest single-day point drop in history. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Times like these, we turn to the voice of reason and draw on the expertise of our go-to guy on um, matters of the stock market and the economy and investments, etc. Here is Joel Garris once again, our good friend and the CEO of Nelson Financial Planning Services. Joel, thanks for coming on. Uh, what happened yesterday when the market dropped 2,000 points? Uh, what happened and why? Well, it, Bud, good morning. It was a it was a combination of a couple of different headlines. Obviously, the coronavirus has been the dominating headline, but then you had a little wrinkle thrown in over the weekend, and that was uh, a spat between Russia and Saudi Arabia over oil production, and that really scared the oil markets. The oil markets dropped 20 to 25 percent during the course of the weekend and into and into Monday, and. I think between the two, the bigger story is actually the oil story economically because the effect of that, should Russia and Saudi Arabia, Arabia continue to pump 
excess oil like they're, they're, they said they were going to do, then that helps to drive down the price of oil. Because obviously, you have more supply. And then that starts to affect us economically from uh, all of the shale oil production that we do in this country, which has been a, a big part of the economic growth over the past few years here. Now, if it helps uh, folks understand, and you're more of an expert than I am, but what I understand is the shale oil has really made us energy independent virtually. Absolutely. It's quite remarkable. But but if it becomes economically unviable to get it out of the ground because the price of oil is so low, which may be what the uh, Russians and the Saudis really want, that's the big problem, right? Absolutely. And I think you're right, but I think the Russians and the Saudis would love to have that yeah. production come offline that really has changed the dynamic in the oil industry. They would prefer us to be dependent on, on them for oil right. rather than us be independent. So I think that's the bigger piece of what was going on yesterday. Okay, so the Dow drops 1,000 points. The futures indicate it will open, having regained about one half of that. So do you see a bottom to this massive worldwide stock sell-off? We're going to have more of these incredible up-and-down gyrations that we've seen of late? Well, but I wish I could say that uh, it's all clear and uh, smooth sailing from here, but uh, history tells me and experience tells me that you, you, never can, you never can say that. This one is probably not over yet. The coronavirus is going to still continue to be out there as, a, as an impact, and it doesn't look like, the Russians or the Saudis are going to get back to the table anytime soon on this. So I think you'll unfortunately see more volatility ahead. But as you point out, there's two sides of the volatility. There's the sell-off days like yesterday, and then there's the days that appear we're heading for today, which is a, a, a recovery day. So very hard for investors to jump to any conclusions on any particular day. Mm -hmm. Our best advice is to just – have that conversation with your advisor. That's what they're there for. That's what you hired them for. And get some perspective. And then really look at the portfolio that you've got and double-check what sectors you're in. The energy sector in particular was pretty hard hit yesterday, that's for sure. Well, what do you advise your clients? You know, I mean, they depend on you for rock-solid advice to grow their nest egg. Yeah, I mean, on a day like yesterday, I'm sure the calls come fast and furious and the emails as well. What do you tell them? Well, I think the reality is that none of our clients were invested for yesterday, to use all of their money just for yesterday. I mean, anybody that's got investments should have a, a perspective that, hey, this is money that I've probably accumulated over the course of an extended period of time, and I'm going to use it over an extended period of time. So my experience is that this is just going to be one of those, one of those headline events that uh, we, we remember sort of vaguely and more vaguely as time progresses on. But uh, at the end of the day, you really need to have that perspective of, hey, I accumulated money over a long period of time. I accumulated it through a lot of different headlines, a lot of different economic conditions. And guess what? I'm going to use it over the course of an extended period of time. And that's certainly going to see an array of economic conditions as well. So it's always important to kind of remember that overall perspective. But certainly it's a good opportunity to take a look at the 
at your investment portfolio and look at rebalancing. I mean, that's certainly something that we do in the office on a regular basis is to kind of look at that mix between stocks and bonds and make sure it's where it needs to be. All right. I've got a couple of more questions. I didn't intend to hold you over, but can you stay just a couple of more minutes with us, Joel? I'll take another sip of coffee and hang in there. All right. Good to have you with us here. We got it brewing on the 50,000-watt front porch. Joel Garris, CEO, Nelson Financial Planning. want to ask him how he feels about the, uh, you know, the U.S. economy in general here, how strong it is, strong enough to weather the coronavirus, avoid recession. What is his thinking on that? I know there are no guarantees, but this man really knows what he's talking about. And is the 11-year bull market run over? And is this a great time to buy stocks, scoop up bargains? Stay tuned. Joel's coming right back. Coronavirus headline for you right now. What about President Trump? Well, he reportedly does not plan on getting tested for coronavirus, despite being around two congressmen who were exposed to someone who was infected, including Florida's uh, Matt Gates, by the way, who has self-quarantined. Uh, the White House confirms the president fully expects to continue his big campaign rallies and will be in Las Vegas this weekend for a gathering of Jewish Republicans. Stay tuned for updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. Couple of more questions for our guest, Joel Garris, CEO of Nelson Financial Planning Services. Joel, I mean, the prices are way down from what they were uh, in the stock market. Is this a great time for folks to buy stocks and scoop up bargains? Well, I think that's a great point, but it's certainly an opportunity. We don't know whether this is going to be the, the perfect low or the perfect sale, but it's a pretty good sale. And so you mentioned I was getting a lot of calls yesterday and emails, but uh, I also was getting a few of those calls as folks were ready to bring some, some cash in because the other part that's happened is these interest rates have continued to just crater down in the midst of all of this. And so if you've got a bunch of cash sitting, you're not making nearly as much as you were. Not that you were making a whole lot a couple of weeks ago, but now you're making even even less on that money. So it's an opportunity, we believe. So when you talk about buying stocks at, at bargain basement prices, are there what, what do you look for? The long-term major stable corporations that you know are going to be around forever? I mean, if Disney takes a hit, you know, hits, you know that they're not going out of business. They're going to let vines grow up around Cinderella's castle. They'll always be a Disney World, etc. What do you look for? General categories that people should feel like, you know what, this may be a chance to get a real bargain and make some money. Well, I think that's absolutely the category that you look at. You look at those large companies that produce the stuff that the world uses every day, and those are certainly plenty of opportunities in amongst all of those companies. And those companies are going to be around, and I think that should be the core of any long-term investor's portfolio. Or if you're a retiree, most of your stock exposure should be in that very category where it's big companies that you know that can survive this. Um, the the Disney's, the Amazon, the Microsofts, those companies will all be around and survive this and whatever other crisis lays ahead that we'll talk about in the future. I heard yesterday on a stock report that I think yesterday was the 11th year anniversary of this amazing longest ever bull market. Do you think it's about over or not? Well, someday it has to be over, and the correspondence we sent out to our clients is a couple of weeks ago was pondering just that question about whether the coronavirus was going to be the the thing that sort of 
tips the scale. Of course, the good news on that, but as you know, what uh, you know, what follows a bear market every time. What's that? A bull market. There you go. <laughs> One or the other, right? Before you go, I mean, do you consider Joel the U.S. economy to be strong enough to weather the economic storm created by the coronavirus and avoid a recession? Because I'm starting to hear the R word a lot. Well, I think last week when we were talking just about the coronavirus, I I was a little bit more convinced that the economy could weather that. Certainly when you look at those latest job numbers that came out, those didn't reflect the full impact of the coronavirus, but those are still pretty strong. There's not as much leverage in the system as there was back in 2008, so not as much borrowed money out there. But the key issue right now is, is the oil and how that plays out long term. So if you see that story continue to drag, then that could certainly have a greater economic impact. If, if Saudi Arabia and Russia kind of cool, cool their conflict, then I think you might be able to weather this storm economically. But at some point, you, you've got to go through that natural per- period of expansion right. and contraction. Okay, good. And I'll tell you what, um, we are flat out of time, but it's really great having you on the show. Joel Garris, who is the CEO of Nelson Financial Planning Services, and uh, a great presence here on WFLA, a Sunday morning show at $9 and cents is the longest-running radio program anywhere in Central Florida. You get great advice there, and always from Joel, if you want to connect with him and the great firm that he, uh, that he heads, go to nelsonfinancialplanningservices.com. Thank you so much, Joel. Catch you next time around. Thanks for having me, bud. You bet. Alan, let me kick it over to you. Folks joining us at halftime on the Tuesday edition of the show, expecting news, and you're the man. Another case of coronavirus in central Florida. And two men charged with murdering an Osceola County woman are due in court. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together and elsewhere, in just two minutes, 729 on Good Morning Orlando. Bottom of the hour right now. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning to you. Buttheading around Inspector Mike Yaffe, Melissa Fox here until 9 o'clock. We'll have uh, more of a coronavirus outbreak update for you later in this half hour. But, Alan, that's where your focus is, and it's the coronavirus here in central Florida. Hitting close to home, bud, with two cases now in Volusia County. That announcement came last night from the Florida Department of Health that a 60-year-old woman has tested positive for COVID-19 and is in isolation. She recently traveled outside the United States. There's no word yet where she traveled. The first Volusia case was a 66-year-old woman, and she is also in isolation. Lawmakers in Tallahassee were ready to pass a budget until fears of coronavirus and fears of a recession surfaced. Legislators are setting aside $25 million to fight the virus, but now they're rolling back other state spending, afraid that tax revenues are going to fall sharply. What we're going to see now from here on out and and into the summer is probably a difficult economy. And we both want to make sure, the Senate President and myself, that we put enough money in reserves. House Speaker Jose Oliva says teacher pay and affordable housing remain top priorities and should survive the budget acts. Lawmakers were supposed to adjourn on Friday, but will likely work through next Wednesday to get the revised budget passed. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. In the wake of the coronavirus outbreak, some Floridians could soon find gas prices below $2 a gallon. Crude oil prices have been reeling during the past two weeks as coronavirus concerns have led to lower global demand for jet fuel and gasoline. 
AAA says the current statewide average for a gallon of regular is 226, down seven cents from a week ago. I saw it as low as 208 a gallon driving in. If you've seen it for less than 208, text us and tell us where it is in general. 23680. If you're seeing gas in town or anywhere for less than 208 a gallon, let us know what the price is and generally where it is. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two men charged with murdering and dismembering an Osceola County mother are being arraigned today. Christopher Otero Rivera is charged with second-degree murder in the death of his wife, Nicole Montalvo. His father, Angel Rivera, is charged as an accessory and is accused of abusing a dead body. Montalvo's mutilated remains were found in a shallow grave on Rivera's property back in October. Back to Tallahassee, the Florida House is overwhelmingly approving a plan that would expand school vouchers. It could add another 29,000 students taking advantage of the state's Family Empowerment Scholarship Program. Representative James Bush calls it good for parental choice. It's an honorable thing to give parents and empower parents uh, an opportunity to be able to put their children in places where it is safe, where it is conducive for teaching and learning. Opponents say lawmakers should focus on adequately funding public schools. And back to coronavirus for a moment. Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune have temporarily suspended tapings with live audiences because of the virus risks. Variety reports the shows will not have live audience members as the virus continues to spread. One of the biggest concerns of taping the shows with live audiences is that Jeopardy host Alex Trebek has a compromised immune system as he battles pancreatic cancer. Other reasons are that Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune tend to the older population and people fly in from across the country to watch the show's taping. Boy, that's a surprise, isn't it? What are they going to do? Will they do like a laugh track and just simulated crowd response? Or what? I have no idea. I, I bet they'll do it so well we won't even know. Remains to be seen. Elsewhere. Country music legend Dolly Parton will turn 75 next year, and she has a special birthday wish. During an interview with 60 Minutes Australia, Dolly Parton said she does not plan on retiring and wants to be on the cover of Playboy magazine again when she turns 75. Whoa. She recently turned 74. She first graced the cover of Playboy in 1978 when she was 32 years old. Parton said she doesn't know if Playboy will go for it, but she thinks it would be a hoot. She's unbelievable. I could see <laughs> Playboy going for it, just, you know, for publicity's sake. Oh, yeah. yeah. Try to sell some magazines, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that going to work? Have well, they ever had anybody that age on the cover? Uh, I could do some research, Alan. Do you? What do you think on Well, that? you know, Christy Brinkley was on the cover of uh, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue a couple of years ago, and she was 63 at the time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's holding up pretty well. All right. Big fan of dollies. It's just hard for me to imagine. But hey, anyway, we'll see. 75 is the new, what, 50? Uh, 45? I think it's like maybe the, <laughs> next, the new 73 or okay. something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Pulling a plane into the record books is no easy task. But a team of 90 people made it look easy. A British Airways crew teamed with some sports celebrities to break a world record. They all picked up a rope and pulled a 201-ton plane 328 feet. 
The event raised money for a global charity that helps disadvantaged young people. Amazing. Another record is set that nobody cares about. And finally, <laughs> finally. I care, I care Alan. Do you? Okay. Yes, our listeners care. I'm glad I brought it up They're then. all with you, Alan. Keep it up. Finally, Led Zeppelin did not commit copyright infringement on the 1971 hit Stairway to Heaven. That is the latest decision from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which upheld a lower court's 2016 ruling in a lawsuit where guitarist Jimmy Page was accused of stealing part of the song from Taurus by the American rock group Spirit. Now, this is part of Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. And this is from Spirits, Taurus. Similar, both groups' songs were played by a pianist at the original trial, but attorneys representing Spirit claimed the intro to Stairway to Heaven was not included with the sheet music submitted for copyright. Spirit's lawyers wanted the song's recordings played at the new trial, but the appeals court rejected that idea. Boy, that is close. Yeah, that this case has been going on for years it now. Has. Yeah, and we it has surfaced several times on elsewhere as we update you. But uh, Led Zeppelin wins the latest court battle over Stairway to Heaven. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at wflaorlando.com. Listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. Inspector. Alan, when you gave us the uh, news about the dropping uh, gas prices, the falling gas prices here, we asked listeners if they could beat what the Budman saw coming in at 208 a gallon. I have the answer or mm. the answers here in a moment. You'll like this. We'll also have more of our coronavirus outbreak update right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in a quick two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines and our latest coronavirus outbreak update for you here in the state of Florida. Now 15 confirmed cases with two deaths. Nationally, more than 750 cases, 26 deaths. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. The Coronavirus Task Force held another one of those 30-minute updates. It's chaired by Vice President Mike Pence, but he gave way for a couple of minutes to President Trump, who was previewing a news conference he plans for today, where he will outline plans for government assistance to areas of the economy hardest hit by the coronavirus. Here's the president. We are going to take care of and have been taking care of the American public and uh, the American economy. We are going to be asking tomorrow, we're seeing the Senate, we're going to be meeting with uh, House Republicans, Mitch McConnell, everybody, and discussing a possible payroll tax uh, cut or relief, substantial relief, very substantial relief. That's a big, that's a big number. Uh, we're also going to be talking about hourly wage earners getting uh, help so that they can uh, be in a position where... They're not going to ever miss a paycheck. We're going to be working with 
uh, companies and small companies, large companies, a lot of companies, so that they don't uh, get penalized for something that's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not our country's fault. Uh, this was something that we were thrown into, and we're going to handle it, and we have been handling it very well. Also, we're going to be seeing uh, Small Business Administration and uh, creating loans for small businesses. We're also working with the industries, including the airline industry, the uh, cruise ship industry, which obviously will be hit. We're also talking to the hotel industry. In some places, actually, will do well. In some places, probably won't do well at all, but we're working also with the hotel industry. This has got Budget Buster written all over it. We'll see what the big numbers are later on today. And also at the Coronavirus Task Force briefing, Dr. Anthony Fauci recognizes America's top expert on infectious diseases, his latest advice and warnings on the coronavirus. The ones who get in trouble at a high rate are people with underlying conditions, heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease, diabetes, particularly the elderly, if you fall into that category, you shouldn't wait for anything. You should be doing what some people are calling social uh, distancing, what really means stay out of crowds, don't do travel, above all, don't go near a cruise ship. Dr. Anthony Fauci, that's our coronavirus outbreak update for you right now. We asked for the lowest gas prices you could find, and boy, you put the bud man to shame. I saw it as low as 208. What's coming in on the text line, gang? Someone said they just filled up at Wawa on 441 south of Sand Lake for 207 a gallon. 203 at the UCF campus, according to Chris from Oviedo. Uh, let's see, Joe, Gas Joe checked in. 203 a gallon again. <laughs> I'll buy UCF. I saw 201 this morning myself coming in Longwood area. Wait a minute. 201? Yep. Not 210. You didn't nope. get dyslexic on me, did you? Nope. Really? I filled up my tank. <laughs> no kidding. As one texter says, I have never seen gas lower than $2 a gallon here since Desert Storm. That would be the early... 90s. We could be about to break through. We had several others in the 205, 207 range, but the Fox has spied 201. 201. Mm -hmm. How about you? I'm going to hang around in your neighborhood more often. Such a deal. It'll go go up if you do that. Kind of a silver (laughs) lining to all of this mess, you know. It is. Having gas prices go down. Yeah. Yeah, I could be. I'm in for gas under two bucks a gallon. Yeah. I never thought I'd live to see that. <laughs> right. So uh, we'll have to have a watch on that tomorrow. We may have a breakthrough. Um, anyway, it's all ahead. Rush with the morning update and our latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. You'll have that right here on Good Morning Orlando in two minutes. And a very good morning to you. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock as we update once again Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, coronavirus still spreading more in one minute. And our infectious disease specialist, Dr. Chad Sanborn, on the coronavirus, the latest you need to know, coming right up on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. 
The director of the CDC says the number of coronavirus cases in the United States continues to grow. It's now more than 750. The death toll is 26. Cases have been reported in at least 35 states and the District of Columbia. Here in Florida, the Department of Health is now reporting 15 positive cases. Two Floridians have died. As the fight against the spread of COVID-19 intensified yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a state of emergency declaration. That allows us to create a unified command structure. Um, it also allows, if need be, out-of-state medical personnel to operate in Florida. It allows us to more swiftly purchase any necessary supplies, including masks and materials and equipment necessary to set up field hospitals. DeSantis urged older Floridians who are most at risk not to get on a cruise ship or take a long flight and to practice self-isolation if necessary. Five members of the Florida House and a legislative staff member are agreeing to self-quarantine after attending events in Washington, D.C. last month that were also attended by people who've tested positive for the coronavirus. The announcement from Speaker Jose Oliva halted a House session in Tallahassee. Public galleries were cleared out and maintenance crews wiped down desks and sanitized the chamber. Others self-quarantining after contact with a coronavirus patient include Panhandle Congressman Matt Gates and newly named White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. At the White House last night, President Trump said he'll push for economic relief for workers over the coronavirus. We are going to be asking tomorrow, we're seeing the Senate, we're going to be meeting with uh, House Republicans, Mitch McConnell, everybody, and discussing a possible payroll tax uh, cut or relief. And Trump said he'll be talking to lawmakers about other measures for helping hourly workers. His announcement comes as Wall Street notched its worst day in over a decade, losing more than 2,000 points. This morning, Dow futures are up more than 900 points. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. State troopers are filing charges against the driver accused of causing a crash that killed four members of a Massachusetts family. Rory O'Neill reports from our newsroom. The FHP says Lucas Dos Reyes Lorindo rammed his pickup into a van on State Road 429 near Walt Disney World, killing four members of the Smith family spanning three generations. The 26-year-old was given a ticket for careless driving and it was taken into custody by federal agents on a visa violation. According to the FHP, careless driving was the strongest charge they could file against him. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. Incredible. Incredible to think that that's all they could charge him with. Four people killed. A murder suspect is dead after an apparent suicide in Seminole County. Oviedo police say he was found dead yesterday of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in an apartment on Katie Jean Way. The unidentified man was wanted for shooting two people the day before in Maitland after breaking into a home on Bobtail Drive. One of the victims died. The other is in critical but stable condition. And the Magic wrap up their road trip tonight in Memphis. Orlando's won two in a row. WFLA News Time 806. Travel tips for flying amid coronavirus fears. Find them online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. 
News Radio WFLA Orlando is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeartRadio station. Good Tuesday morning, one and all. Glad you're with us on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. But heading around, Inspector Mike Yaffe, Melissa Fox, and Dr. Chad Sanborn out of West Palm Beach, infectious disease specialist on the coronavirus. He was so strong when we had him on last week. We decided to bring him back, and he answered the invitation. He is on the line, and everything you need to know about the coronavirus and where all of this may be headed, as best anyone can know, from the good doctor coming right up, Alan. First, we'll have an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. It's 8.08 on Good Morning Orlando. Coronavirus outbreak headlines now. A second coronavirus case in Volusia County. The Florida Department of Health has announced that a 60-year-old woman is tested positive for COVID-19, a.k.a. coronavirus, and is now in isolation. She recently traveled outside the U.S., but there's no word on where. A 66-year-old woman was the first in Volusia to test positive for the coronavirus, and she also is in isolation. 15 confirmed cases statewide with two deaths. Nationally, more than 750 cases now. 26 deaths. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. 107.7 HD3. AM 540. And the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. With that headline as a backdrop, let's bring on Dr. Chad Sanborn with us once again, infectious disease specialist with Kids Medical Services out of West Palm Beach. Dr. Allen and I and all of us here on uh, on WFLA and Good Morning Orlando uh, really appreciate your making time for us and coming back on the air here on Good Morning Orlando. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You've had a chance to study the virus, watch it all unfold. What are your thoughts this morning on where we are with coronavirus, especially in Florida, and where we are likely headed? Right. So it seems that, uh, you know, as we kind of thought and everyone was suspicious of that, the virus numbers are growing in Florida as well as the United States. You know, Uh, I don't think necessarily that implies that the situation is much worse per se, but I think we're being able to identify cases uh, better, easier and earlier than we had been previously. Um, So I anticipate uh, Florida being a place where lots of people come from all over the country and world. In addition to the ongoing spread in Florida, that we are going to see more cases and potentially a lot more cases here in Florida as well as the rest of the U.S. Doctor, this is Alan. Governor uh, DeSantis yesterday joined others who've been warning, uh, especially the elderly and those with underlying health conditions, uh, to be wary of uh, traveling on cruise ships, etc. Now, when we talk about the elderly, what ages are we specifically talking about? And these underlying health conditions, what could they be that could exacerbate uh, a coronavirus situation? Right. So uh, the official recommendations seem to imply that anyone over age 60 uh, would have to be exercise a little bit of extra caution in terms of uh, what they're being exposed to, where and if they are traveling, um, etc. And underlying conditions would imply someone with underlying lung problems, respiratory disease, or and or someone who has a decreased immune system. So whether they're on uh, long-term steroids, um, other medications that will decrease your immune system, 
from certainly patients who are undergoing chemotherapy, uh, things to that nature. Uh, let me ask you this. I have so many people, Dr. Sanborn, who discount this and say, Bud Man, come on, it's just like the flu. We lose tens of thousands of people a year to the flu. We're not shutting down things. We're not telling people not to get on cruise ships, to be careful getting on airplanes, etc. cetera. Uh, what's your reaction to that line of thinking? Right, and that's a pretty natural. I, I hear it a lot myself as well. And uh, understandably, our numbers are, are very small compared to what we see with flu every year at this time. However, you know, this does seem to be something that nobody is immune to. Nobody gets a shot for at this time. Uh, so there's a big population, everyone pretty much, who's at risk for getting infected. Um, we're still trying to figure out what happens when you get sick and uh, who, what groups would potentially do worse with it. So that's a little bit of the unknown from a medical standpoint makes it a little bit concerning. Uh, the fact that it seems to be spreading very easily is also of concern. And then, you know, uh, the other thing would be you hear mortality rates, 2%, 3%, things like that thrown around. But certainly, uh, it can be higher for certain groups, so someone with underlying medical conditions, that 3% risk of mortality would be a lot higher. And then you don't look at it just in mortality. You know, being in the hospital on a ventilator or needing oxygen is pretty significant. So even if you don't die from it, you can be pretty sick. And then my last response to that would be, yeah, even if the numbers are smaller than they are with flu, if you know somebody who gets it and gets very ill or even worse uh, with the virus, it's very impactful for your life, obviously, right? So it's it's um, an evolving situation, but something that we should take seriously. Yeah, Dr. Sanborn, we've seen a lot of uh, events uh, that would involve large crowds being uh, canceled or postponed. For instance, the new James Bond movie was postponed till November. The big South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas, has been postponed. And, uh, of course, there was that uh, music festival in South Florida, not far from Dr. Sanborn. Yeah, the Ultra Music Festival. And also Calle Ocho in South Florida, uh, both were uh, postponed. Uh, are people overreacting in these cases? Uh, you know, good question. So my answer is no. I think there are things we can do to take risks and things we can do to decrease our risks, right? Um, from a public health standpoint, they're making very difficult decisions in uh, the county and state level from the departments of health. Um, and each individual organization, event, planning committee, etc., has to make calculated risks. So certainly we want to try to decrease the risk of these things spreading from person to person and you know with the average person getting infecting two or three other people so someone who's infected can infect between two and three other people you put uh, thousands of people together in a closed confines or in close proximity you can imagine how these things can spread pretty quickly so i don't think it's an overreaction because we want to try to prevent people from getting sick and you know uh, a lot of people ask me that why are we being so cautious and in my response one of my responses would be that you know in a perfect situation, we want people to say, oh, we, we took so much caution and we didn't need to. You don't want a situation, oh, boy, we should have taken more caution, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people filling the hospitals and being sick. So we have to err on the side of being conservative in these sorts of situations. Got a final question for you. Dr. Chad Sanborn, infectious disease specialist out of South Florida, is telling people they should consider avoiding certain places or activities. Is that going to be sufficient to contain and ultimately end the threat of coronavirus? Or perhaps will stricter methods be required in Florida and here in the States like we're seeing in Italy where they have shut down and quarantined the entire country? You can be fined and imprisoned for violating the restrictions on, on, on travel. 
Uh, you know, I, I hope not. Um, it may come to a situation where we have to restrict certain areas more than others. You know, I think to shut down an entire country of, you know, 350 plus million people, and especially with the size of the United States, would be extraordinarily difficult. And that's something I don't think Americans would take very uh, well to, uh, justifiably so, I suppose. But, uh, you know, so I think the situation, social distancing, we're doing things to, uh, I guess at this point, the word is mitigation. So trying to decrease the impact of the virus that's already here going through the communities. You know, will more stringent uh, methods be required to control it further? Possibly. Uh, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping we don't have to go into a situation like in China, like in Italy, where they kind of shut down the whole country. I don't anticipate that, but again, it's an evolving situation that we have to pay attention to and, and you know, do things to decrease our risk as a community. Yeah, Dr. Sanborn, any closing thoughts for those who are listening and wondering, uh, you know, how does this affect me? Should I be changing my behaviors. What's your advice? You know, I think certainly uh, people over 60, people with underlying immune conditions, people with underlying lung disease, yeah, I think should potentially uh, change some of the things they're doing on an everyday basis, not necessarily lock themselves up in their homes or apartments, but uh, potentially, well, skipping that trip across the country if it's not super necessary. Um, maybe avoiding a big public gathering um, if it's not absolutely necessary. You know, there's a balance. You have to live your life. So each individual will find their own balance, I suppose. But I think it's something we should pay attention to and should, you know, heed the public health authorities who are telling us to maybe change little things in their everyday lives to potentially decrease our risk from getting sick from this. Only got a few seconds here. When do you think coronavirus will be behind us? Oh, good question. You know, unfortunately, not for months uh, at the moment. I think we next two months will be very telling in terms of how well we're able to control and, and decrease the spread of virus in the country. But uh, this is something that will probably be with us for a number of weeks, if not months. Thank you for being with us again, Dr. Chad Sanborn, infectious disease specialist out of West Palm Beach, Kids Medical Services down that way, uh, renowned in his field, and we are really grateful for your time this morning. Thanks on behalf of our listeners for joining us on Good Morning Orlando, Doc. My pleasure. Thank you very much. There you go. In a moment, an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic only two minutes away here on Good Morning Orlando. You know, it remains to be seen how serious this will get here in the United States and in the state of Florida, along with Dr. Sanborn, and we appreciate his interview and having him on the show was was great, I thought. Um, you know, he, he doesn't know where it's going. He hoping, hopes and prays it doesn't get as bad as it is in China or, or in Italy. But if you had, you know, freedoms curtailed at, this, at the level they have them in Italy right now, in this most freedom-loving of all countries, I don't know how well that would set with people. But the flip side of it is when you have voluntary self-quarantining, self-isolation, I mean, is that really going to work if this thing gets out of control? You know, I don't know if anything can really work to the extent we want to, because if you self-quarantine for how long? Or if the government forces you to quarantine for how long? Two weeks. You know, but after the two weeks, if they shut down the country like they did in Italy, what happens then does it just go back to normal and it spreads again does it just go away i mean there's so many unknowns and i think that's what's causing a lot of the anxiety how much freedom are people willing to give up without open rebellion across the land i can't imagine a shutdown in the united states like we're seeing in italy it just it just couldn't happen eventually you got to go back out to buy food and (laughs) you know your essentials so uh, what do you do 
It's interesting, with the president yesterday, he's kind of a germaphobe. He says he is, washed his hands all the time, said he hadn't touched his face in a couple of weeks, even though he said he was kind of kidding about that. So he arrives in Orlando for the fundraiser, and immediately they think he's going to get in the beast, the limo, with the governor, okay? But he doesn't. He walks, and the governor walks with him in some other Secret Service detail, over to the rope line and a whole bunch of people, carefully screened, I'm sure. But, you know, you can have the coronavirus and and symptoms don't show up for like five days. You wouldn't have any idea you've got it. And he reaches out and aggressively shakes hands. I think he was making a statement there, but it, it seems like it flies in the face of what we're hearing now. No more handshakes, okay? Do the elbow bump or whatever. But it was like the president was making a statement, I'm not going to let this change my routine. I'm not, no, I'm not worried about it. He hasn't been tested. He has no intention of being tested. Rallies when they're scheduled and they're not on the books right now are still supposedly going to be on. I don't know. The president, did he send the right or wrong message at the rope line? In a way, I liked it. It was kind of like an act of you know independence and, and defiance. But is that what we need here no, you know, with people just saying, okay, I'm going to shake hands all over the place. And uh, uh, Congressman Matt Gates uh, from the Panhandle, who apparently was exposed to coronavirus at the CPAC conference, right. he rode with the uh, the president on Air Force One right. and also in the limousine with yeah, him. Yeah, Doug Collins, they have a picture of him shaking Trump's hand yeah. recently, and he's self-quarantining right now for yeah. the same reason as Gates is. Yeah. Love the president. I just was wondering about that message he was sending when he obviously wanted everyone to see him shaking hands. Yeah, but the new chief of staff he just appointed, Mark Meadows, yeah. is self-quarantined, so it kind of makes you wonder. The people around him are doing so. All of this is out of one mysterious person, nobody knows who it was, who was supposedly had it at the CPAC convention, right? They don't know who that yeah, person is. exactly. But, I, you know, I think maybe it's a positive if you have members of Congress cl- behind closed doors. Lock them up. Yep. Lock them up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, bottom of the hour, Alan, news, what do you have? Another coronavirus case in Volusia County, and it's a mini Super Tuesday for the Democrats. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together, and elsewhere in just two minutes, 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning. Um, The Bud Man, Alan Yaffe, and the Fox here till 9 o'clock. So what is this uh, about... um, Coronavirus getting a little closer to home than it has been, Alan. What's the latest? Well, we now have a second coronavirus case in Volusia County. We got the report last night from the Florida Department of Health that a 60-year-old woman has tested positive for COVID-19 and is in isolation. She had recently traveled outside the U.S., but there's no word on where she had traveled. A 66-year-old woman was the first in Volusia to test positive for the coronavirus, and she's also in isolation. And a texture pointed out, and I'm concerned about this, too. All we know is it's Volusia County. Nobody is saying where in Volusia County. Am I correct on that? Well, I have not seen any specific uh, town mention. And that's the transparency issue that we've talked about before or lack thereof. And if you look at the uh, the state website, uh, which is devoted to coronavirus, you'll see that uh, the cases are listed by county, and it doesn't get much more specific than that. Seems to me it ought to be, but at any rate, um, 
I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, it didn't take long for quarantined passengers on a California cruise ship to fight back. Mark Mayfield reports a Florida couple is suing. The ship finally docked on Monday, and already a Florida couple has filed a lawsuit against Princess Cruise Lines. They accused the company of not screening properly to reduce the risk of exposure. They boarded on February the 21st and say they were only asked to fill out a form confirming they weren't sick. They are now demanding more than $1 million, citing emotional distress and trauma. Mark Mayfield, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Another round of primaries is on tap today. Voters will be casting ballots in Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Washington, and Idaho. North Dakota will hold Democratic caucuses. The race has come down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, although Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard is continuing her long shot campaign. Is Sanders seeking the support of former presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren? That question came up at a Fox News town hall in Dearborn, Michigan last night. Elizabeth and I talk. We have talked for 20 years. We talk on a regular basis. So How's that for a political yes. answer? Okay. Did you ask her for her support? We talk on a regular basis. Warren suspended her campaign after Super Tuesday last week. In Tallahassee, the state house is overwhelmingly approving a plan that would expand school vouchers in Florida. The bill could lead to nearly 29,000 more students receiving vouchers next year through the state's Family Empowerment Scholarship Program. Orlando Democrat Anna Escamani opposes the bill. It's quite problematic for us to continue to expand the voucher structure when we have left behind traditional public schools for far too long. The measure now goes to the Senate, where a similar bill has been approved by committees. Only one city in Florida is among the 20 happiest cities in the United States. A list from WalletHub based on factors including rates of depression and income growth puts Cape Coral at number 20. Elsewhere... Some old standards are putting a legendary singer back on the charts. Singing the classic Moon River, that's James Taylor, who just set a Billboard record. His latest album, American Standards, including that song, debuted in the top ten of this week's Billboard Albums chart. That makes James Taylor the first act to earn a top 10 album in each of the last six decades. Yeah, he is still hot. I mean, it's, I was going to say he's had a revival, but he's just like always been around, always had a great following. Just can't get rid of him. Yeah. His first top 10 album was Sweet Baby James back in 1970. Uh, James will be on tour this summer with Jackson Brown. Also hitting the road this summer, the creative duo behind this band. These Cummings and Randy Bachman of the Guess Who are teaming up and going back out on tour. They'll be trekking across Canada, their homeland, this summer for five weeks starting in June. And now they've just added some U.S. dates. All are in the Midwest so far. Nothing in Florida yet. The duo hasn't toured together in 20 years. They'll be doing the music of the Guess Who with hits like These Eyes, No Time, An American Woman, and Bachman Turner Overdrive, Let It Ride, Roll On Down the Highway, and Taking care of business. Mr. Music, you know them all. It's <laughs> good stuff. And finally, Sesame Street is using its purple puppet to make sure kids get counted in the census. In ads that began airing yesterday, the number-obsessed vampire Count Von Count 
reminds families how important it is. Everyone in your home counts, especially little kids and babies. One, two, two little kids. Make your family count. <laughs> Children under five are believed to have been the most left out segment in the 2010 census. The new head count starts for most people on Thursday. This is like the Count's Super Bowl, man. This is his yeah. big oh, deal. Yeah. Said, Nothing this is, is bigger than this. This is the highlight of his decade when the <laughs> census comes out. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com and listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. Inspector. One little, two little illegal aliens. Get them out of here. Yeah, in my dreams. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Not exactly. It's a whole other show. It is a whole other show for which we don't have time, but we do have time for our coronavirus outbreak update and to hear from the president who dropped by the um, coronavirus task force briefing and took the microphone last night. That and our sound judgment game lie ahead after we give you another update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic because it's kind of who we are and what we do. And it all happens here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines that are just joining us, our latest coronavirus outbreak update right now in the state of Florida. 15 cases now confirmed, including two in Volusia County, two deaths statewide. Nationally, cases of coronavirus now more than 750 with 26 deaths in the U.S. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. The bother you bothers me that we're not told in any more specific terms than somewhere in Volusia County we have two cases of coronavirus. I want to know what is the official reason why we're not told where in the county those cases are. Aren't we entitled to more information than that? What is the reason for that? I'm thinking, well, there's two different reasons. One's probably the HIPAA laws, you know, patient privacy. No, no, no. I'm not talking about name and address. I'm telling, I want to know, is it in New Smyrna Beach? Is it in DeLand? Is it in Daytona Beach? Is it in De Leon Springs? Is there anything wrong with us being told that? I don't know, but there's a lot more county, or a lot more cities than yeah. that in the county. But I will say that maybe they are worried about the militia mindset, you know, where people find out it's in this neighborhood. Then just... tell us why. If you think it's a security or a safety issue, Mr. Governor, let us know. I want to know why we have to settle for just it's somewhere in a vast county like Volusia. Anybody? Does that bother you at all, or are we not entitled to more transparency than that? I think we are. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, first name in town if you'd like. The president last evening previewing a news conference he plans for today. He dropped by the coronavirus task force briefing, and uh, he said that today he'll outline plans for government assistance to areas of the economy really slammed by the coronavirus. We are going to take care of and have been taking care of the American public and uh, the American economy. We are going to be asking tomorrow. We're seeing the Senate. We're going to be meeting with uh, House Republicans, Mitch McConnell, everybody, and discussing a possible payroll tax 
cut or relief, substantial relief, very substantial relief. That's a big, that's a big number. Uh, we're also going to be talking about hourly wage earners getting uh, help so that they can uh, be in a position where they're not going to ever miss a paycheck. We're going to be working with uh, companies and small companies, large companies, a lot of companies, so that they don't uh, get penalized for something that's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not our country's fault. Uh, this was something that we were thrown into, and we're going to handle it, and we have been handling it very well. Also, we're going to be seeing uh, Small Business Administration and uh, creating loans for small businesses. We're also working with the industries, including the airline industry, the uh, cruise ship industry, which obviously will be hit. We're also talking to the hotel industry. In some places, actually, will do well. In some places, probably won't do well at all, but we're working also with the hotel industry. All right. Thank you, Mr. President. Do appreciate that. Let me squeeze in a call from Darlene in Orlando. Good morning, Darlene. What can I uh, what can I help you with? Good morning. A couple things. I'm concerned about where the outbreaks are, as you are. But I'm also I'm almost more concerned about the people that are told to self-quarantine because it could be your neighbor and you don't know it. And they're taking your children to school. You know, you don't know who these people are. And the one thing we have kind of found out is that they won't self-quarantine. So, and the other thing, maybe the community could help with the elderly and pick up groceries, drop them off at the front door, that kind of thing, to keep those people who could spread it more easily indoors. I like that volunteer effort, Darlene, and appreciate your phone call and your listening so intently. Headlines in the race for president now. Uh, another round of primaries on tap today. Voters will be casting ballots in Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Washington, and Idaho. North, Car- North Dakota will hold Democratic caucuses. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning here in Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WFLA Orlando. Got an answer on how come we can't have more specifics on exactly where in Volusia County the two cases of coronavirus are. It's HIPAA uh, privacy regulations, but it it seems crazy to me. Anyway, let's get to the sound judgment game and talk about that prize up for grabs. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is one of the most coveted prizes ever. We had them a couple of months back. Tickets to see Brian Regan this Friday at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. This is the guy that they call the comedian's favorite comedian. And he is incredibly funny. You're going to win a pair of tickets, but you got to use your sound judgment to do it. Could all use some laughs. Get on the line right now. If they're not for you, give them away. Somebody will love you for it. These are great tickets. 407-916-5400. Toll free 866-916-5400. Let's see how you handle this one. For today's Sound Judgment Game, she's a pop music superstar, an American Idol winner, and the voice of the Sunday Night Football theme song. She's Carrie Underwood, and it's her birthday today. Listen to a little sound to Carrie pounding out the Sunday Night Football theme, and then use your sound judgment to tell me how many candles will be on Carrie Underwood's cake today.
I love that song. I think she's just terrific. How old is Carrie Underwood today? Line one, you got the first shot. 32. Nope, older than 32. Open line. Get it right now, 407-916-5400, while we try line two. Go ahead, line two. 33? Nope, older than 33. Another open line, 407-916-5400. Line three, how old is Carrie? 36. No, but you're getting warm. Line four, we may have a winner. 35. No, you're getting cooler. 407-916-5400. Line one, how old is Carrie Underwood today? Line one. Two. Say it. 36. No, we already had a 36. Line three, how old is Carrie Underwood? Gone. Line two, how old is Carrie Underwood? 37. Yep, you got it. Carrie Underwood is 37 today, born on this date in 1983, just a little older than Yaffe. All right. The winner of season four of American Idol. Absolutely right. She defeated uh, the incredible Bo Bice in the finale. Awesome stuff. What's your first yeah. name? I'll write you a note. Victoria. From where, Victoria? Uh, Okoe. All right. Hang on the line. I'm almost out of time. I'll put you on hold with Melissa. And keep on listening to WFLA all day and into the evening. And guess who you're going to run into? Our executive producer with his own show, Yaffe. Yes, tonight, 7 p.m., another edition of Beyond Reason Radio. We'll analyze today's news and more. Good deal. We'll hear from the president today on his economic package of coronavirus relief. We got the Democrats voting tonight. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. For Alan Yaffe and Melissa, the Budman, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.